Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. When we have this type of loss happen to us, we do need to recognize it. We do need to grieve it. We do need to allow time for healing. And that's one of my concerns is that everything just keeps happening and shifting and changing. And I really think that that's part of why we're seeing so many difficulties with people in other areas of their lives. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. You're so glad I've joined us? Or... I'm always glad that okay. you joined us, because I wouldn't have a conversation if you weren't here. That's true. It'd be sort of a monologue. Yeah, yeah, which would not be interesting. <laughs> well, Dr. Linda, uh, today is a day that we remember what happened 20 years ago on September 11th a day that was marked by so much loss and sadness. And along with that anniversary, our country has also been through a pandemic, resulting in multiple losses, including the loss of life. Mm -hmm. And then to top that off, uh, there are other types of losses like divorce and separation and breakups, death in the family. Obviously, we can see there is a lot of loss and grieving around us. I know it's hard to believe it's been 20 years, isn't it? From It seems like a year ago. I know. I remember so distinctly that day mm. uh, in terms of where I was right. and what was going on and uh, how we handled that with our kids and everything. Mm -hmm. So you're right. There have been a lot of losses this year, a lot. And loss is a part of life, Chris, but there are periods in our life when we experience more than usual. Mm. And I think most of us are feeling that way in the past year. I think we're just feeling like there's just been a lot of things. Sometimes loss happens in waves, and other times it happens a little bit of at a time. Sometimes it can be sudden, and then other times it's ongoing, but it's going to be something that we all experience, and many of us have to learn how to grieve those losses. Grieving a loss is something we all do in order to stay healthy and really function well, despite the pain that often is accompanied by loss. You said we need to learn how to grieve, but... What exactly is grief? It's a really powerful, complicated reaction that often feels uncontrollable following something that happens to you personally that's painful or traumatic. For example, the death of a loved one or a miscarriage or a financial loss or something, you know, where you lose a friend or there's a disease. There's so many types of losses that happen. And when you're grieving, it's not that you have a single emotion. It's a lot of emotions that play out physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. And it usually follows something very painful or some type of traumatic event. You know, you had a, a rough time these past few months. You lost your beloved Zoe, your dog. Oh, no. And she always came with you to the studio and she would hang out with us. And uh, apparently the show bored her because <laughs> she would sleep. She, she she would lay there and begin to snore. We always wondered if the audience could hear her snoring. I think we've made a few references right. to that in the past. Well, Sometime, we? Sometimes we would stop and say, uh, wait, she's a little, she's snoring a little much there, but uh, I we don't did, think we, anyone ever. We ever didn't heard. use that as a, a meter for our interesting uh, conversation. <laughs> it's a good thing. Right. She's a dog. And, you know, Zoe was also your the comfort dog at the uh, medical school 
where you taught, and she was just an all-around fantastic dog. So she went to work with me every day. That's right. And so that was a really hard loss for me, and it was unexpected, really, mm-hmm. Chris, because we didn't think that she would get sick and have the issues that she did that led to her dying. So, you know, losing a pet is really hard. We should do a show on that because a lot of people have really struggled with that. It's sometimes just feels sometimes as hard as losing a person Mm because they become members of your family. Now, I'm not equating animal loss to human loss, but it is a a very difficult thing. And you experience real grief with that. And you have to go through grieving even when it involves your pets. And so many people have lost and are still losing loved ones uh, to COVID-19 and then the Delta variant this past year and a half. The grieving process was not usual in that you couldn't even be with Uh, your loved one at the end of their life due to the concerns and spread of safety. My mom had a friend, a very, very close friend who died, not of COVID-19, but uh, she was in a a hospice care facility and mom couldn't go be with her. And that was very tough. I know. I just can't imagine because I said goodbye to my parents in the Mm -hmm. last few years. And I was thinking how awful that would be. I I have a friend also, and she had to actually be outside the assistant living building. They had Mm -hmm. to open the window and they were shouting so yeah. that her mom could hear her in her last days. They were wow. singing outside the window. It was really, really difficult. Mm. So I think, Chris, when our sense of safety is rocked like it has been, you know, we really feel it. We take a lot of things for granted until we experience something like this, and then we see how difficult it can be. And with each of these changes that we've gone through in the past year, we do sometimes experience grief. We've been grieving so many things, you know, weddings that were postponed Mm, and dads that couldn't go into the birthing room with Mm -hmm. their wives when they were having a baby. I mean, I can't imagine nor missing that for our kids. So, so much was disrupted by all the losses that we've experienced. And do you think that we have taken the time to slow down and grieve these losses? It seems like we just keep trying to move forward and get through this thing not realizing the toll that it may have uh, taken on our mental health. You know, I think that's really right. I do think it's hard to slow down and really process what has happened and grieve those losses. When we do, though, have this type of loss happen to us, we do need to recognize it. We do need to grieve it. We do need to allow time for uh, healing. And that's one of my concerns is that everything just keeps happening and shifting and changing and it doesn't seem like we're taking the time that we need to do it. And I really think that that's part of why we're seeing so many difficulties with people in other areas of their lives. You know, I've heard a lot of people trying to minimize their losses, like losing their support group or not being able to visit family and thinking that type of loss isn't as big as someone you know who died or losing a job. To that point, I heard a lot of people say they couldn't go to their AA group. Mm. Now, they did put a lot of those online, which right. is helpful, but they were feeling guilty about that because mm. they thought, I shouldn't be complaining about that when <laughs> people are dying around me. Like you said, not all losses are necessarily the same, but we should be careful not to minimize the loss that might be important to us. For example, like you just said, someone may think it's not okay to grieve a pet when humans are dying. I know. So you really have to be careful with that. It's it's just not true that you shouldn't. Your loss is your loss, right? When it's something that happens to you, we, we recognize that some losses are greater than others. But mm-hmm. the pain that you experience and the grief that you experience still needs to be recognized. It still needs to be processed. And when we don't, we can really get stuck in our lives. Well, how does grief affect us physically? 
boy, it, it makes your stomach hurt sometimes, your mind and your heart race, and it often impacts your sleep. You know, I'm thinking of a woman who lost one of her family members to cancer recently. In a couple of months that she was into the grieving process, she just said, I was tired all the time. I felt nauseous. I was having headaches. I lost interest in eating. I was experiencing sleep problems. I was even getting dizzy sometimes. Mm. And it was really an effort for her to just do anything because she was so deeply involved in that grieving process. And that's how grief can affect you. So grief can bring on a range then of symptoms in people when it comes to the physical body. But the stress of loss on our emotions also brings on physical symptoms. And it increases inflammation. I know that's a physical thing again, but when mm -hmm. you're going through loss, that can really worsen your health. So what happens is when you get under a lot of stress and it continues to be you know, in your body, you're carrying all that stress, then your inflammation uh, gets worse and then it batters your immune system, which then leaves you vulnerable for infections. It can increase your blood pressure, all kinds of medical things that I don't want to scare people with, but these are just some of the reasons we want to talk about the importance of grieving in order to heal and to not stay in those stuck places. Before we get to the break, speaking of these emotions, I've heard about something called broken heart syndrome uh, related to loss and grief. What is that? Well, when you experience the deep emotional pain of loss, it activates some regions in the brain, just like physical pain does. And that activation of stress can bring up something that you just mentioned called broken heart syndrome. It's also known as Takotsubo, if you've ever heard that term. It's a real condition. The symptoms mimic a heart attack, and it's caused by sudden physical or emotional stress. Now, fortunately, Chris, it's a temporary and a reversible heart condition in most people. But the key here is it's linked with significant stress, like the loss of a loved one. So this is interesting. There are a whole bunch of statistics that show after some deeply emotional or environmental stress, like an earthquake or a hurricane or 9-11, those stresses we saw a rise in this broken heart condition. For example, in the 60 days after 9-11, People within a 50-mile radius of the World Trade Towers were admitted to the area hospitals for heart attacks mm. at almost a 50% increase than the day prior to that event. Wow. Isn't that wild? Mm. And two months after 9-11, heart attacks and abnormal heart rhythms surged in that New York City area about 35%. Wow. Well, it is amazing how stress and the mind and the heart are connected. And this speaks to how powerful and profound loss can be and how much we need to grieve and move through it. After this short break, Dr. Linda will explain the difference between normal grief and what is called complicated grief. Stay with us as there is more to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. 
Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. But we also want you to listen to and share the weekly podcasts. They air on Faith Radio, but also on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. Basically, the show airs on the radio. Then if you miss it or want to hear it again, go to iTunes. Or FaithRadio.com. It is impossible to miss this show. And there's a blog <laughs> on Faith Radio, MyFaithRadio.com that often goes with it, too. So That's you right. get a bonus with the blog. And the book that will help you with today's topic is called Getting Unstuck. Dr. Linda, before the break, I asked about the difference between normal grief and complicated grief. So how would I know if I was stuck in the grieving process? Okay, so let's just kind of pick this apart. In normal grief, Chris, you have sad thoughts and feelings. You typically have some waves or bursts of you know feeling bad, followed by a few periods of relief. Mm -hmm. So it's not this constant all the time. Uh, normal grief usually involves crying. A lot of times people have trouble sleeping, a lack of energy, apathy towards daily life tasks like a, you know doing your normal routine, sometimes a change in appetite, sometimes you kind of withdraw from life a little bit, you might have some concentration problems. With normal grief, you may even question spiritual beliefs, and a lot of feelings will come up like anger and guilt and sadness. So with normal grief, people usually keep their self-esteem, though, and they hmm. do even keep a sense of humor. So you can get someone who's going through a normal grief reaction sometimes to laugh with a joke, and you know they have these periods where they feel a little bit of relief. And they can be consoled or even distracted away from the pain. So it's temporary. And it gets better with time. Is it normal with normal grief to doubt God? I think so, depending on the loss. Like when my mm -hmm. brother was killed, I asked that question. I was really upset with God and said, mm -hmm. you know, why did he have to die? Right. So that can happen. So then how is normal grief different from complicated grief? When grief is more complicated, people become quite depressed. They struggle with a lot of feelings of guilt and worthlessness. And they really have a hard time experiencing any type of pleasure or joy. Mm. They have episodes of anger. They usually can't focus on anything but the loss. So they get really focused on that loss and intensely so much so that everywhere they see reminders of the loss, they might avoid discussing it because it's so painful. The sadness is really intense. There's pain, there's detachment, there's sorrow, there's hopelessness. There's a feeling sometimes of emptiness, maybe even bitterness with some people. And so they have a lot of problems accepting the reality of the loss. And sometimes when you're in that complicated grief pattern, you might engage in some self-destructive behavior like medicating yourself from that grief with drugs or alcohol. And this intensity usually persists, usually after a year. Now we don't usually put a time frame on normal grieving. We do say within a year, people usually can move on, but this really persists. So with complicated grief, like you said, is more persistent mm -hmm. and constant and doesn't seem to get better naturally. Right. And the person has a hard time accepting the reality of the loss. Yes, that's a, that's a really good summary. They, they ignore the grief or they try to rewrite what happened. And this type of grief is what produces the increased risk of physical and mental health problems like depression and anxiety, maybe insomnia, suicidal thoughts in some cases can also occur. 
So when someone is stuck in complicated grief, are they constantly thinking about the loss? Yes, and they're ruminating about that loss. That mm. you know, that term means you know they're just repetitively kind of going over it and over it, and it's very negative. They have a lot of thoughts like, "I can't live anymore without this person," and when they think that way, what happens is your emotional state then gets really negative as well. So your thoughts impact your emotions, and so you know, think about also all the caregivers during the pandemic that were at risk for this sort of complicated grief, how much loss they saw and how much it just continued and continued. And I heard a lot of, you know, frontline workers say I would go home at night and I would have those visuals in my head of the patients in the ICU and and the number of people that were young that were dying. When you have that type of grief, you might have to get some professional help with that to work through that grieving process. Sort of a, a side question, did the what we call the frontline workers do they deal with PTSD? They to do. Some they do. That can happen, and sometimes they have to get professional help to help mm. with that because it's really tough. So we have normal and complicated grief. So let's talk about now about what helps during grief. Does writing down your feelings help when you are grieving? I think it does for some people. A lot of people do benefit from journaling and writing things down. I know that when I was going through infertility, I would journal sometimes my thoughts and feelings. And I think that does help. It's a good outlet. Other people need to really talk it out with somebody. And if you talk out your grief, you need to understand the person who's listening to that needs to understand that Mm -hmm. they don't really have to fix it. It's just that it really helps for the person to really lean into that grief and to have somebody listen to it. When someone is in in the throes of grief, they find it hard to believe that things will get better. I know. I know. Part of grieving is really, it's really about letting go of what you can't control. And that's not an easy process for any of us. And then what happens is we cycle through these stages of grief. Most people have heard of these stages. You go through shock or denial because you don't want to acknowledge it. Then you get angry. You might get upset over things because everything has changed. And then this can give way to bargaining and sadness until you finally reach some acceptance. What I want to point out, Chris, with that is that this cycle is not linear. So you don't go from one to the next one. Usually it starts with shock or denial, but Mm -hmm. you can cycle through these stages and they can come and go and they can resurface at any time. So it's not a linear process. I think those of us who are trying to help the person who is grieving, we can either be confused or frustrated because we expect maybe the person to be at a certain phase. Yeah, get over it. Right. Right. But they may be weaving through different phases of the grief. Yes. Yeah. So the key is that the feelings can cycle at different times. Yes. And it's a process. Let's remember it's a process in which a lot of emotions, a lot of behaviors are constantly getting revisited for that person. And there's no right order. And people tend to go back and forth, like you said, Mm -hmm. with varying feelings, and we need to allow them time to do that. So it is normal to have some days where the person's doing well, and then other days that are just hard to get through. Yeah, and sometimes you'll be surprised at how something really insignificant Mm -hmm. can really trigger that intense feeling of grief. And other times you'll sit back and go, wow, I'm doing really well. Right. We see jokes about that on TV shows, actually. Something sort of funny and menial will happen, and then they burst into tears. Yeah. But that can be... Part of the process. Right. Mm -hmm. It can definitely be. Well, walk us through the important points of grieving. So we've already said that you should acknowledge your feeling, and don't pretend that because maybe because you're a person of faith that you shouldn't feel bad, because it's normal to feel bad when you have a loss. Embrace the pain. You know, don't walk around again trying to push it away or telling people you're fine when you're not. Allow that pain, though, to turn you toward God. 
You know, when I think about how God allowed biblical Job to cry out in pain and even blame him for a world that his Mm. creation messed up, right? And as Philip Yancey points out, God was not on trial in the book of Job. Job was on trial for his faith. Mm. So it's our reaction to all of this that really becomes important. The book of Psalms is filled with such questions like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or why do you refuse to help me or even listen to my groans? Day and night, I keep weeping, crying for help, but there is no reply. And I love that those scriptures are in the Bible because there's this desperation for God Mm. during grief and you need his comfort, which he is able to give you. And that is such a great message of hope. You may not understand what has happened, but the promise is God will comfort you. So allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you during that time and let the Holy Spirit help heal you. Well, we need to take a short break, but when we return, let's talk about struggling with the question of why a loss happens in the first place. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and remember the podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform and type in The Dr. Linda Mental Show. Dr. Linda, as we continue our conversation about loss and grief, I think one of the hardest things about loss is asking, why? Why did this happen? And boy, Chris... That's where the biblical story of Job really helps, I think. You know, people tried to explain to Job why he experienced so much loss. I mean, they were giving him all kinds of reasons for this, and none of them were actually true. He had some useless friends in in some cases. He did. And, I mean, he lost everything. He lost his family, his wealth, his livelihood, everything. But the interesting part of that story is that he was never, ever given a reason or an answer to that why question. Yet, through that whole thing, he trusted God even though it was extremely painful, the things that happened to him, but he never gave up on God. Not everyone responds like Job, because loss brings us to a crisis of faith, Mm -hmm. which we sort of touched on in the, uh, the previous segment. It puts what we truly believe on the line. It does. And during those times, really cliches and platitudes that people throw at you really don't work. Right. I know this all too well when my brother was killed in a plane crash years ago. Platitudes don't work. Cliches don't work. Mm. Even though you know those things to be true, it just doesn't help. It takes real intention to trust God in deep moments of loss. That's why sometimes just being there for someone Mm -hmm. and not trying to think of something to say. Right. Because generally a platitude or something like that will come out if you're pushing the issue. Yeah, Yeah, the presence is really important, that presence you're talking about. And speaking of your brother in the plane crash, did you ever wonder where God was when that happened? Oh, All the time. I mean, that was the hardest thing. It did put me in a crisis of faith at that point in my life because I just didn't understand why he allowed it. So I read Philip Yancey's book, Where is God When It Hurts? Actually, I read every one of Philip Yancey's Mm, books because I was looking for answers. uh, And that was one of the books that was very helpful because this question comes up when there's a loss. You know, Chris, friends of mine have a teenage son who just had 
uh, six hours of surgery to remove bone cancer from his arms. And that family is really strong in their faith. But there are moments when this question just comes up. And when you're watching your child fight cancer and you see your child in pain and you see that his life is significantly changed due to that loss, it's just not easy for any parent. Mm. We wouldn't be human if we didn't ask God why and where are you? You know, how does a good God allow his children to suffer like that? That's a question. So what does Yancey say to the question, where is God when it hurts? Well, he reminds us that God is with us when we hurt. He doesn't sit idly by and do nothing. He isn't in heaven doling out suffering from afar. He's intimately involved in our struggle. Uh, We don't go it alone. Remember, he became one of us and he suffered. That Jesus, who was without sin, still felt pain and suffering. He is acquainted with grief, our grief, and he carries our sorrows, like it says in Isaiah. But when your child's in the hospital bed, instead of playing on the lacrosse field, it's really hard to see all of that and the good. We want our powerful God to heal and put an end to suffering. And we acknowledge that we have anger, we have raw emotions, but we hopefully do not walk away from God feeling abandoned through that process. His promise is he will walk us through those things. And there are times when we see miraculous healings as well. It's tempting to sit in anger about all of it. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, miss the boat as far as their faith in God. They would rather just be angry at God Mm -hmm. and deal with it that way. I know. And I I understand that emotion from dealing with losses in my own life. But I love a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, we were promised sufferings. That's the first thing he says. We were promised. Mm sufferings. They were part of the program. We were even told, blessed are they that mourn, and I accept it. I've got nothing that I haven't bargained for. Of course, it's different when the thing happens to oneself, not to others, and Mm -hmm. in reality, not imagination. Isn't that a great quote? It is. So pain is a part of this broken and fallen world, and at times we are going to feel deep hurt and deep sorrow. But our hope is in the one who promised us that there will come a time when evil will be defeated and disease will be no more. Our world will be redeemed. In the meantime, all creation is groaning. It is during this difficult time that we choose God. You know, the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are more than conquerors uh, through Christ who loves us. God redeems all things and somehow, and this is the part that can be hard to accept, uses our pain for good. Yeah, for many, including my friends, you know, pain brings a new focus in life. It it can transform us, and our weaknesses become his strength, which is where we're all supposed to be regardless of loss, right? It directs us to ask, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? Mm. And how will God use this suffering to produce something valuable in me? So over and over, we often see, Chris, that suffering brings us closer to God. We are able to comfort others with the comfort that we've been given I think this is really important that we live in the in-between. We haven't seen the final chapter of the book yet. And so one day there will be a time when all suffering will end. You know, years ago, Twyla Paris wrote a powerful song, God is in control. Nothing happens away from his watchful eye. When you are his, there are several reassuring promises. He'll walk with you through the valleys and he promises his presence. We don't know why good people suffer. We may never know the side of heaven, but we do know what God has to say about it. So while none of us ever wants to welcome loss, we do need to learn to accept it. It will be a part of our lives, this side of heaven. In the long run, the way we respond to loss can make us stronger and more resilient. Rest will come when we give the burden to the Lord. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mental, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.